Y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains, tanks. I'm not going to even think about the submarines. And now we got cars flying in the air? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be talking about F9, the Fast Saga. So it's a bit, a bit of an interesting way of naming this stuff. The last one was The Fate of the Furious. And then they have to call it, okay, yeah, it's F9. But then you have to remember it's like, oh, it's the Fast Saga. <laughs> so uh yeah i just i can't believe there's already nine of these movies <laughs> 10 um, if you count Hobbs and shaw <laughs> true true that's very true so that's i'm surprised this has lasted this long uh honestly spoiler alert i wish uh the seventh was the last one <laughs> um but before we get into more detail of the fast and furious nine we're gonna be talking about our podcast ritual where we go talk about one notable movie or tv show that we watched in the last week so ken do the honors and go first okay so um i think i mentioned this to you offline um i I spent the weekend actually up in elk grove uh just over at a friend's house there was like a bunch uh i don't want i don't want to say a bunch of us but then there was uh several friends that ended up uh sleeping over um like my friend's house and you know she got kids and everything and so we're kind of at the mercy of what the kids want to watch and so we ended up watching a lot of animated films i guess the life of uh, a a parent i have not i don't know what that feels like but i experienced it for a couple of days just living in a house with uh with some kids but anyway all that to say that for the second week in a row i watched another animated film and this time it was a brand new film that just came out on Netflix earlier this month, uh, Wish Dragon. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. Uh, is it any major studio or anything? Uh, I'm not sure about the studio, but then there are some recognizable names who did some voice acting. Uh, well, the main character is named Din. Um, you know, it's, uh, I guess it takes place in China. I'm not sure exactly where, but uh, yeah, definitely Asian. Uh, Jimmy Wong. Uh, I haven't heard of him, but he's the main voice actor for Din. But I'm sure you know these next two um, actors and actresses. Constance Wu Mm -hmm. is uh, one of the actresses um, voice uh, who voice, um, I guess, the mom in this in this case of um, Fresh Off the Boat and what? what, Oh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. And then John Cho. He voices Long, who is the dragon, the name of the dragon in in this uh, movie. Long. Interesting. The Wish Dragon. You know, I've I've read a book that had a dragon in it back in like third grade. And I always thought that would make a great... I forgot the name of the book. And who knows, maybe they already made a movie (laughs) made out of it. But I got to find that book again. I always thought it would make such a great like animated movie but the wish dragon is, is it like was it pretty good you enjoyed it 
I was surprisingly entertained. It was, it was, it got, it had heart. Uh, I, I thought at parts it was, uh, actually a lot of parts were pretty entertaining and, and they're pretty funny. Um, you kind of get invested in, in the characters. Uh, I feel like Din is a really likable character. Um, I guess, you know, if I had to kind of mention a movie that it's similar to, maybe the original Aladdin in terms mm. of major uh, kind of like a like a general storyline or whatever uh but it's it's not like totally like Aladdin there's just aspects of it um obviously being a wish dragon and everything I'll let you I'll leave that up to your own imagination but um I Is think you'll musical? enjoy it Is it a musical? It's not a musical. Oh okay. But Dang, I was kind of hoping yeah. like cuz you know Aladdin has some yeah. some good songs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but no, it's actually just mainly like a an animated film with a, I I think a pretty good story and and it's pretty entertaining, um, and some really likable characters. Interesting. I'm guessing this was on Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix, and it actually came out on the tenth or eleventh of this month. Okay, all right. At least some of these kids have some taste, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do for sure. All right, man. Well, for me, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit more mature of a, a, I guess, TV this time. I've been watching what you recommended, my brother recommended. I've been watching Warrior Man ever since I watched um, the second trailer. I think of Snake Eyes. I was like, I gotta watch, I gotta watch Warrior. See what uh, this Andrew Andrew Koji guy's all up to. And then just right off the bat, I'm like, all right. <laughs> It, right? it definitely that doesn't take the... itself. It definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. At points, when it, it knows when to to go a little bit funny at times, just because because obviously stuff gets dark sometimes too. It and does. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yeah, I feel like the introduction of Andrew uh, uh, Andrew Koji's character As- Assam. Um, was like a really a, a really good introduction. You know, it made him likable, but you know he you know he's got this mysterious side to him and everything. And uh, I don't know. I I need to get back into jumping uh, into w- watching Warrior. I'm still only what five or six episodes in. So really, um, you may have already passed me up. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I'm on either. I might be around the same uh, same episode range. Either five or six right now of season yeah. one. Yeah. Was there anything that really jumped out at you in terms of uh, what you're liking the most so far uh, from Warrior? I, I just love that the the consistency of the fight scenes. Like, because normally uh, uh, you watch a show, then they put all their budget and time into the fights. Because fight scenes obviously take a long time to make and film and all that stuff. There's so much prep that goes into that type of stuff. And for them to ha- almost have like, a really really good fight every week or every episode is insane to me i think yeah. and the, especially to the to the quality that they do yeah i know i you know this week we're we're talking about fast 9 fast saga but did you uh, recognize jason tobin who plays um what who does he play what's his name play? um young young june young june yeah there you go <laughs> yeah yeah i was like hey it's the guy from fast 9 yeah yeah I was like, definitely better in this show, <laughs> for sure. 
totally different character totally different. right i mean but you obviously can write he's recognizable um because i feel like he's got um i guess unique features um mm-hmm. as an actor which is always a good thing because you know he stands out and i feel like just these two roles you kind of see a little bit of the versatility in in his acting chops a little bit yeah yeah because you know sometimes it's hard to find a lot of asian actors especially in mainstream media and just for him to be in Fast and Furious and this one and be totally two different characters and for me to take him seriously, um, I think it's a, a good job on him. Because I do like his character and uh, the relationship he has with uh, Assam, Assam in the show. Yeah, I know. Dude, you're getting me pumped to, to start uh, jumping <laughs> back into to Warrior just because I've been watching a lot of animated films the last couple <laughs> I feel like I need some darkness, you know, some action. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get that uh, next week. Not this week, but uh, next week. And hopefully, if not, I bet when we watch um, Snake Eyes eventually later on this month, or later on next month, I should say, or I guess it's technically July uh, when we release this episode. But I think that will get you to watch uh, Warrior again eventually. Oh, for sure, for sure. We definitely need it, even though... It's not on our season two uh, schedule. I'm based off of the the latest trailer. I'm definitely intrigued uh, by Snake Eyes. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Actually, more than Fast and Furious, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah, but before we get into we do that, let's uh, do a little bit of episode cleanup from the Shawshank Redemption from last week. And Ken, you actually ran a poll on our social medias. Uh, what was the poll? Yeah, so uh, this week we ran a poll. It was uh, last week's audience question uh, where we asked, what is your favorite movie set in prison? And so the, uh, the choices that we gave, and we obviously left it open-ended for, uh, for people to do write-in votes, uh, but the four uh, choices that we did uh, provide were Escape from Alcatraz. We wanted to give at least one classic movie. But then we also gave some modern ones, some uh, obviously Shutter Island, which is a movie that you mentioned last week. Uh, the Green Mile, I mentioned that one. And obviously the Shawshank Redemption. And so the results were in and in a kind of a mild upset, actually, even though I love this movie. Shutter Island uh, actually won the poll at 50 percent. Hmm. I'm kind of surprised, too, because. Even though my pick went to uh, Shutter Island, it's not like it was a huge upset. Like, it was very close between, for me between Shutter Island and Shawshank, for sure. Um, but I feel like the uh, maybe our followers are a bit younger, you know, uh, especially those on Twitter uh, where we get or Instagram where we get most of our uh, votes. Uh, I feel like probably would gravitate towards the DiCaprio's movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it does have the advantage of being released 15 years after um, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and guys, if you want to participate in our polls, we do run them every Tuesday on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, what's our Twitter handle, Ken? It is at Weekly Real. Yeah, so, oh yeah, that's on both Twitter and Instagram, for you know sure. We, we make things easy for you, for you guys to follow us, at Weekly Real, across the board. Yep. Uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about F9, the Fast Saga. And this 
this movie, man. Uh, I don't know even know how to describe this movie. Basically, Dom uh, secretly has a brother now, uh, or yeah, he secretly had a brother named Jacob, played by John Cena and uh, some other younger actors <laughs> that didn't exactly look like the their older counterparts. But basically, this uh, Jacob fellow, his Dom's brother, is out for revenge. And uh, we get some returning um, heroes and villains in this almost Endgame-esque <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> in terms of the number of callbacks that they do in this movie. Yeah, I know. I felt like uh, a lot of them went over my <laughs> over my head because I feel like it had been so long since I watched some of the uh, the previous installments. And so I'm like, oh, I should have been laughing because there's people laughing at at a certain reference, and I was like, "Oh, that shit, that shit went over my head." <laughs> yeah, when it's like, "Oh, it's that guy," it's like, "Oh yeah, those guys look vaguely familiar." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much me, like the whole movie. But spoiler warning, I guess, um, I guess we kind of I spoiled some stuff already. But spoiler, second spoiler warning: the Fast Nine is on in theaters right now. So if you want to go watch it. I heard it's actually doing pretty well in terms of box office. Um, kind of wish it wasn't, <laughs> but, but you know, uh, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so there's your spoiler warnings. We're gonna jump straight into it now. So, Ken, before uh, you watched F9, do you want to share any of um, your expectations or uh, before watching the movie, or even some of your experiences watching the movie? All right, well, um, just kind of going in, uh, I think we mentioned it on a previous episode of the Newsreel. We were just disappointed about how felt like the trailer gave away too much of the movie. And so really, I don't, I don't think that they would have met, um, shown anything in the movie where I would have been too surprised because I was like, okay, we kind of already know the plot. We probably can guess some of the quote-unquote twists that'll happen and i think we'll get to into this a little bit later on in the discussion uh but kind of going in i was just like okay maybe they saved some of the best stunts for uh and they didn't reveal it in the trailer so i was like hoping for some really good ones um i was actually right there was a couple of ones that actually did surprise me a little bit and we'll kind of get into those as well uh but um you know i was I was expecting nonsensical physics <laughs> to show up, and that actually did happen. Um, I was just a bit surprised at how flat a lot of the dialogue was and how just flat-out bad, really, the dialogue was because I was expecting it to be at least just bombastic and out outlandish, but just at least entertaining, you know, and funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, yeah, for me, man, that going into the movie, basically the same thing as you. You're expecting outrageous action over the top on everything. Uh, the, everything defying the laws of physics, pretty much. But I actually did not... When we were watching it, it just kept happening. I didn't know, like... Uh, you knew it was going to happen, but to the frequency that it did happen, it was like, whoa, they're going, like... Every single thing, nothing affects anybody in this movie. It's literally like someone playing with their toy cars and throwing them against a wall, and that's what Fast and Furious 9 is. <laughs> and yeah, I, everyone, and everyone's like, fine. 
<laughs> yeah, and everyone's fine. Oh, th- that's what um um one of our friends, Cameron, he mentioned this. He he said it's like it's playing like it's like playing Grand Theft Auto. It's literally a video game, and that you can basically turn your car uh, as it's moving in the air, and you can land perfectly, and you're fine. Or yeah. even you, if you crash against, just like in this case, the side of a mountain, <laughs> and then you're totally fine. This game is literally, uh, this movie is literally a video game, and the freaking uh, characters, Dom Toretto, and everyone literally just became avengers <laughs> even past that man because they're not bleeding they're not tired or anything it's like dang they could have beat thanos so easily <laughs> it, it was weird um with the these you know like car wrecks or explosions landmines everything i felt like people were bleeding more because of uh random punches <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just random punches or like glass to the face or something like that but then if they're in a car crash nothing they're fine no no, no, no concussion no. nope nope not, like not even like heavy breathing or anything it's just like it's like oh oh man oh we survived <laughs> it's like oh, oh we're okay <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it was, time to go now it, yeah this movie was insane and not in the best of ways. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just to speak a little bit on um, the movie watching experience, dude. And we we watched this in the theater together. And I'm just going to speak on my experience because the family next to me bringing their kids to a 9 p.m. showing. <laughs> it was like, oh, what you, this is crazy. To Fast and Furious, you're really, really going to bring your kids to a two and a half hour movie, which... The movie did not to be did not need to be two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, just halfway through the movie, that that a kid freaking threw up in wow. right, basically right next to me, and it sounded like someone spilled their drink. Yeah, like their, it their was like frick. a it was like a fountain. It, it just kept going. It was like yeah, it's it was pretty gross. I'm like, ooh, what the heck was that? I thought someone spilled their drink, but apparently this kid. Just threw up, then they left, and then they didn't even clean it up. So they came back eventually, but then they just left that vomit pile sitting right next to me, and I had to watch mask Fast up. and Furious like that and mask up and then <laughs> watch the rest of the movie like that. I'm like, ah, so fitting in this movie. Um, I, I bet yeah. that kid was getting motion sickness or something from the stunts that was happening in this movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, and I don't know th- this. You know, I think we got spoiled a little bit from the pandemic uh, movie watching. You know, obviously, you know, we we're kind of a little bit risking, um, you know, getting the the thing, especially before the uh, vac the vaccine was readily available to the general public and everything. But I feel like, well, I can only speak on my behalf. I felt like I was a little spoiled by the fact that. There, you know, it was every other row. Um, there was always two seats to your right and to your left with the, you know, with the group and everything. I felt like they went overboard, which was nice with the cleanliness, no sticky floors, like the seats were all clean and everything. And uh, I don't know. I love the movie atmosphere when it was like a pandemic, uh, those uh, handful of times that we were able to go. And this was the first movie watching experience where it just felt like, oh man, we're back for better, for worse. <laughs> and uh, 
man, I felt like the cleanliness was not there. Um, there was uh, obviously the family that um, Jeremy alluded to uh, with the throw up on on our right. There was a mom in front of us that was literally recording on her phone. Uh, I don't know how much of the movie, but I was like, okay, that's kind of obvious. And she was even recording in portrait, which was dumb to me. And then um, there was a crying baby on our uh, behind us to our left, which was kind of crazy to me, too. Yeah, there was a lot going on. People's phones were going off. I think flashes going going off also on like yeah. camera phones. And yeah. yeah, that was I yeah, out of all the movies that we've watched in theaters since the pandemic started, uh this was easily the worst one. Uh even just with like I I loved when we watched um Wrath of Man in theaters and then you got that guy, you know, that one guy in the theaters like, oh shit man. Oh yeah, hell no! <laughs> oh hell no! I love those guys. Those guys are always the best because they yeah. they they get into it and they're thinking yeah. what you're thinking inside your head. But this exactly. movie theater experience just yeah, you don't need to bring your kids. Don't record the movie on your phones and don't just silence your phones, everybody. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, the ringtones. At, I want to say there was at least two or three, maybe even more. Yeah, definitely. They took you out of the movie more than the physics in the movie, <laughs> pretty much. That's saying uh, something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, overall thoughts of the movie, though, Ken? Um, hey, this one's an easy one. It's like a low hanging fruit, but man, the writing was horrible. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it was so bad, and I think this is something that we uh, mentioned uh, when we navigated past the throw up, um, and we're walking back to our cars. Um, it was, it was really bad to the point where it was like, who actually took the time to edit and look over the dialogue and they thought it was good because there was like at least a half a dozen times, if not more, where you could tell, you know, it's a part of the, uh, the, the movie where they're, you know, doing exposition. They're trying to explain the plot of the movie and you got such Awful telegraph dialogue by, I feel like, mainly ludicrous uh, by Tej or even like uh, Roman Pierce play, played by Tyrese Gibson. It was weird how they would always set it up like uh, a part where it's like, so you're telling me that. Oh, and then they would get to the whole po- like explanation. And it was just so ba- it's like I could have written a better script than that. And it would and I'm so out of practice with writing and everything. It was so, so bad and very cringy, like in a lot of places. And we'll definitely get to the cringeworthy moments a little bit later on. But uh, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. The dialogue was so bad. And the middle section of the movie was sleep inducing <laughs> for the uh, for sure, where they're just explaining stuff. And there was flashbacks all, like, all over the place, pretty much. Not you know flashbacks can work in movies, but when they're just like all over the place, and you're going to Han's flashbacks, you're going to John Cena's flashbacks, Dom's flashbacks, it's like that's too much, man. It's like uh, there's too much going on in the movie. The movie was too long. We didn't like need to know some of the stuff. It's like oh yeah, we're we're doing this for character character development. It's like no one cares <laughs> really. Um, and if you're going to explain something like Han's 
quote unquote un quote unquote death, at least do it well. It was like when they try to explain it, I'm like that still makes no sense, and no one really ever stays dead in these movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall. I think it's a weirdly to say it's an entertaining to uh, popcorn movie, um, so, like entertaining enough to rant with your friends, because Cameron, uh, who I mentioned earlier, also watched it uh, the same night earlier showing. Um, you know, you you know him, Ken. He's pretty much uh, very quiet. Doesn't really say much. But the next day, when I talked to him about Fast and Furious, he got he got triggered, man. I'm like, dude, you watch Fast and Furious? He's like, oh, let me let me tell you all my stuff about it. And I'm like, yeah, this movie is definitely uh, a conversation starter for sure, though. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know Cameron, Cameron's actually the gifted guy who actually came up and composed the original theme music for the Weekly Real Podcast, our Monday show. So, you know, he's always welcome on the podcast. We'll we'll definitely see if we can get him eventually on there, especially uh, especially if we can watch a movie that we can rent about for sure. Uh, but to kind of go back to what you were talking about with the flashbacks and everything, here's something that I wanted to propose to you and maybe ask. And maybe I don't know if I missed it in the 10 previous movies or I guess technically nine previous movies with Hobbs and Shaw. What makes... Th- the Toretto's like so important. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the dad was a, a, uh, was that a NASCAR racer or whatever, but why was everyone talking to him and holding him and putting him, uh, putting him up on this high pedestal? What, what did he accomplish? What, what was the, uh, what was the deal with the Toretto family? I don't know, man, because I honestly forgot that his dad was a NASCAR driver. And then uh, later on, when you see the guys from uh, Tokyo Drift um, and they're like, you know, when uh, not Ludacris, Tyrese pretty much says like, oh, Dominic Toretto sent us. And they're like, oh, who's that? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like... uh, I honestly have no idea when they, whenever they say like, oh, the Toretto family, and it's like it's almost like they're talking about Optimus Prime <laughs> or something like that, um, which is a obviously Optimus Prime is so much better than than um, and uh, such a bigger name than Dominic Toretto. I feel like, but I honestly I don't even remember in these movies like what makes him so special because I think he was pretty much just a. Um, Almost like a street thug, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, because yeah, obviously when we um, when we met Dominic Toretto in the first one, obviously, you know, he had a record. And we got to mm-hmm. finally see how he got that record, you know, with uh, which I think was a little overblown for, like, maybe just, okay, maybe getting into a fight and then gets thrown into prison. But whatever. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. it. There was a lot of stuff that really didn't make sense to me. And, you know, with the overall um, story, I felt like there was just way too many things going on. I felt it's, it, it, you know, it suffered from what a lot of sequels suffer from. And I felt that they would have known by now, especially, you know, with such a large cast and everything. Why not keep the plot simple? This plot was overly convoluted. It didn't need to be this complicated. 
and uh and it didn't leave enough room for certain characters like han who you're introducing or uh that uh asian girl i forget what what her name uh, was wasn't her name like l or ellie or something like that yeah l um and but that she was supposed to be really important to the the whole MacGuffin, like the mm, whole yeah. plot she was the key because it was like the dna of her parents i guess but i don't know i feel like it was so rushed and they just mentioned it that <laughs> yeah. they didn't really like get into much detail and they just would show her in some random um random scenes and that was it i don't know like i felt like they could have they could have just tied the just tightened up the story a little bit and and it would have been so much better but there was just way too much going on that i felt like it didn't go anywhere yeah it's literally mission impossible level like convolutedness but without like the not the proper world building or character focus that in mission impossible has well, it reminded me of Amazing Spider-Man 2, <laughs> where they just had so many different things going on, or villains. It could be villains. It could be uh, an overly convoluted storyline, or just too many characters, or, or whatever. But I don't know. It was just it was just bad, you know. Yeah it it definitely reminded me of the last two Michael Bay Transformer movies. That's what it reminded me of. And honestly, I would rather watch those two movies than this movie again. <laughs> and that's saying something because those are pretty bad too. Those are really bad. And yeah, this is uh, along the same lines. And uh, I'll mention one last thing for my notes. I I was really surprised at how flat the one-liners were because they were a lot of them were really cringy. And, and a lot of them, you could tell, were really forced just so that they could get a few cheap laughs. It, it didn't feel organic at all. Yeah, just all around. Uh, there was some stuff. Actually, no, I don't even remember, honestly. I was going to say there was some stuff that was funny, but I think just the Dominic Toretto who was, uh, yeah. was a thing. Um, maybe when uh, Ludacris was like, you know, we have to follow the laws of physics. I'm like, dude, no, no you don't. <laughs> Meta. <laughs> yeah. Meta comment. Oh, man. But yeah, I was surprised that because, you know, my one of my favorite characters in the Fast um franchise has been roman pierce because i feel like from the second one when he when he debuted as a character as roman pierce um i've always had a i don't know i've I've always had him as like near the top of my favorite characters and even some of the stuff he he said like some of the one-liners that are usually funny they got a few laughs but i felt like it's like oh man, that was kind of cringy the way he said it or the, what he said i don't know yeah, it's like the timing of it, some some of his jokes too. It's like it felt like it's like, oh, they're just including that joke there just so that it doesn't get too heavy or something like that, you know what I mean? Um but let's jump into our first topic. And we knew we had to do it for this movie. It's binge or cringe. Basically talking about the highlights, the moments that made F9 binge worthy and cringe worthy. So, uh, obviously, we talked about a lot of cringeworthy, but um, did you want to start off with that first and then go to the binge-worthy? Oh, you wanted to? Okay, keep keep that train going. Okay. Yeah, let's keep well, going. <laughs> okay, well, one of the... Cr- oh, my goodness. This, this was probably the most cringy part of the movie, and it's by, I guess, a glorified henchman named Otto. And, I mean, I guess he was... Uh, 
yeah, I mean, he was never really top billing as a, a main villain, but he, because uh, he, I felt like he played second fiddle to Jacob at the beginning, and then later on deferred to uh, Cipher again, who we saw in Fate of the Furious. But it was that whole Star Wars pep talk. You know what I'm, you oh, know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Dude, my I, I want to, I want to give you some go- like some uh, grade A top notch dialogue. Whoever wrote this. It needs a promotion. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> but God. Otto goes, and he's trying to get his troops, all the rest of the henchmen, like, all pumped up. He's like, hey, listen up. I want 50 of the best men. I want guns. I want wheels. Frequent, uh, freaking X-Wing fighters. I don't care. The Millennium Falcon. Chewbacca, if you could get a hold of him. Money is no object. Go, go. And then just Cypher's just cracking up because we're cracking up also. And then Otto's like, what's so funny? And then Cypher just says some, oh, my goodness. Remember that meta comment about how if this were a movie, this yeah, is the I part where I'm like, oh, that. my God, that was so cringy right there. But it keeps going. You would have thought it would have been done, but nope, it just keeps going. So then Otto goes, he continues. He's like, oh, for the record, we're the good guys. Me, I'm Luke freaking Skywalker. And then Cypher is like, uh, are you sure about that? And then like he continues and Otto's like, oh, you're you're right. I'm more like Han Solo. And then Cypher's like, no, you're you're Yoda because he's a puppet with someone's hand up his ass. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. That I'm was like, some of the worst writing I've ever, ever seen. And dude, like how many star wars references do you, do you need to make like at first i'm i was i was fun, i was laughing at the part when he was like oh get me an x-wing get me chewbacca and all that i'm like yeah that's that's kind of funny but then they kept going with that to the point i'm like ah, it's not getting really funny anymore <laughs> it's just getting kind of cringy as we say oh yeah that that was memorable for sure <laughs> um god dang um sorry if you can't top that one (laughs) yeah for me man uh it's when tyrese or when roman pretty much gets um i guess caught in between all like it's that opening action sequence i think with uh they're in the jungle or whatever and he gets caught, and then there, he's surrounded by all these like government guys with all their rifles and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, you think this is the end of the line for him? And then he just picks up a, a rifle and just spins like they're shooting at him, mind you. And he just spins around and shooting everywhere. And then he magically kills everyone around him. At first, I thought the movie was gonna cut to that's what roman wished that that happened like that would just be in roman's head and they would cut to reality and someone would save him or something like that uh but no it just that that actually happened (laughs) i was like no way man i'm like did he become rambo all of a sudden dude and not one bullet even grazed them I mean, maybe got his like uh, got his vest or whatever, but it didn't actually break skin. And yeah, when he was shooting, he was literally just spinning around. Not he probably had his eyes closed. He was just just screaming a lot. He was like, ah, and that was it. 
that was it. And there was the, I would, I want to say like a dozen guys on two levels, ground floor and the second level, shooting at him. And literally, he does not take one bullet. At least get injured. If you're going to survive something like that. But man, I was, I was dying at that point i'm like okay so this is what we're in for in this movie and it did not stop from there obviously uh did you have another cringeworthy thing that you wanted to mention or was that your top one (laughs) oh that was my top one i was like dude uh, there's no way that i can top this one because i feel like a lot the rest of the movie i mean we kind of talked about it already in like at the top of the episode Ah, it's just it was so bad i didn't want to focus too much on the negative (laughs) yeah uh, did you have anything binge-worthy, though? Um, I was able to find something. I, it took me a while to f- <laughs> find one where it was actually binge-worthy. Uh, but uh, do you remember, like, towards the end? And we're, I, I didn't mention it earlier, but I'll mention it here. Dude, it took a little over two hours. It's a two-and-a-half-hour two movie at 225 officially. It took over two hours for the most telegraphed, turn heel turn i guess um, for a jacob that, that we were already calling uh what when the i guess when the trailer came out we were already calling it mm-hmm. but it it happened after jacob gets turned on by otto and the rest of his henchmen and uh remember that one part where um he's fighting i guess the biggest henchman uh, on top of the the armored truck or whatever yep. and it got to the point where I guess he gets thrown off by the big dude. And I don't know if you remember this part, but Dominic Toretto is like, he sees all this happening. All of a sudden there's this overturned car that is on the road that just happens to be there at the perfect moment. So he decides to sideswipe it enough where it, it perfectly ricochets to the <laughs> point where it lands perfectly beneath um, <laughs> Jacob uh, Toretto, and he literally just jumps off of it, and he's able to kind of like ricochet into Mia's arm, where she's hanging on to him <laughs> off of the truck. And I was like, "All right, this is why I came to watch this movie for just <laughs> crazy shit like this." <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the stunt I loved the most, just because of how ridiculous it was. <laughs> Uh, just because they treat cars like they're freaking mattresses <laughs> in this movie, freaking like like I think he like landed because when when Dom sideswiped the car, it was on its side, I think. Yeah, and then uh, Jacob or John Cena, he like lands on it the side of the car. Yeah, but then and then obviously Mia is in the in an armored vehicle, even like behind them. So it was just I remember when that happened, I was like literally standing up in my seat. <laughs> I was like, th- yeah, th- that was definitely one of the best moments of oh of God. the thing. That's that's what we wanted to see, even yeah. though of how ridiculous it was. Yeah, just defies the laws of physics, and you know what. It's not realistic, but that's why we watch these movies, just to be like, oh, shoot, <laughs> they thought of that. I'm like, all right, that was pretty cool. That was ima- that was very imaginative. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think the binge-worthy stuff, for, at least for me, because like, I know a lot of people are going to hate is the, just the John Cena stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, we love the WWE and just 
the I guess just the WWE mannerisms that he always gives. That like, mm-hmm. especially when he's serious, it's like, oh, here we, here's the mic talk right now. Here it is. Or when here's they the would promo. like walk and go face to face, and they're like perfectly like centered, and you're like. And I was like, oh, here we go. Are they going to point to the WrestleMania sign? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, even though it, a lot of the dialogue is not good, obviously, yeah. anywhere in the movie. I don't blame it on any of these guys, really. But um, just when Dom, Adam and Jacob, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like a WrestleMania promo fight. But then it, ultimately, it's a bit underwhelming, their their fight, I uh, I think. Compared to the the Rock versus Dom in Fast Five, that mm. was a that was actually a quality fight right there. But with this one, you don't really get that, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I want to jump into topic two. So, uh, knowing obviously we we're a bit negative right now on uh, F nine, but what do you think the Fast and Furious franchise can do now that would entice you to watch F? 10 or whatever they're going to call it. Um, some examples. Fast 10. I'm telling yeah. you, fast 10, your seatbelts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, like there was even rumors of a crossover of Jurassic World. Uh, I was even thinking, oh, or if they brought zombies or something. But uh, what would you like to see? Pretty much it could be anything. Okay. Well, I'll preface this by saying I'm a simple man with simple tastes. That being said, to answer your question, how about good writing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe a focused plot, a very simple plot that we can all follow where we have fast cars. Duh. Because, you know, that's why we go to watch these movies. Uh, you know, the cr- same crazy stunts that we've talked about. Giant giant explosions. And, uh, you know, with actual stakes. Because, you know what? You you mentioned it earlier, talking about the Avengers, um, you know, and we're talking about Infinity War and Endgame. If they can somehow do something to kind of end the series off with with a bang, you know, this franchise, if they want to do a two part essential movie or whatever, where they bring back everyone, yes, including Ja Rule. I want him back. Monica! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was freaking every time. Yeah. Well, if they bring back everyone, and if we have real life stakes where, you know, people are actually getting injured, maybe even some deaths, um, but have us care about, like, these characters again. Get, like, some, you know, character development. Get to Get us to the point where we think that they can actually get hurt that way you know maybe we can feel sad about some of these characters or feel some sort of emotion rather than oh that was crazy you know because i mean i think it's run its course they you know a couple of movies extra you know what i mean we were talking about how fast seven could have ended right then and there and it would have been a perfect ending to the franchise but they decided to make more and i get it you know these movies make a lot of money uh but for me I just need to get emotionally invested in these characters again. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I need. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's... But who knows, man? Everyone keeps watching these movies even though they're getting worse and worse every time. But I would have said crossover with uh, the Transformers. But I actually love Transformers, so I'm not going to do that to them. Uh, and I would actually like them to uh, cross over with G.I. Joe. I think that would be the perfect crossover. Uh, considering 
Transformers are always working with the military, but uh, I digress. So I, uh, I'm actually going to go with something similar to you where it's more story focused, but I would want to specifically see, because it always seems like they deal with something from their past. I would want to see uh, basically Dom again, but a smaller-ish ish story involving uh, Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor. Something just to tie his character in with the story again, be just because I, I feel like that's when the movies were good, or uh, at least watchable. And then um, you can just end it pretty much with um, F10. Because I feel like that was really the heart of the Fast and Furious franchise was that that brotherhood between the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I could. Yeah, something similar to that. I mean, I feel like none of the family really has gotten, um, I guess, it put in danger in, in a way since like some of the middle ones. And I felt like that, that's why the middle ones were probably arguably the best ones. You know what I mean? Uh, because, you know. We thought that there were some deaths, but obviously, you know, in this universe, <laughs> no one ever really dies. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like if they reintroduce that whole concept, and then if if just come up with a simple plot, just to end the whole Cipher storyline, because obviously it seems like we're gonna we're um, going to see her again. And spoiler alert for those who have not watched the post credit scene: Shaw's coming back, Deckard Shaw's coming back. Uh, but yeah, bring everyone back for this Avengers finale. You know, like I would, I would do a two part one where it ends horribly, ends in a kind of a, a like a cliffhanger, and then you you can get to the point where you do an Avengers Endgame type where you know everyone kind of you know regroups and everything, and you end on a good note. Uh, yeah, speaking of the end of the movie, though, remember when? Um uh, when Dom was like, or when they're like, oh, there's still an empty seat at the table. And then obviously, uh, you see, um, obviously what's supposed to be Brian yeah. drive in. The Evo. <laughs> yeah. Just, and, but you know what I was thinking? I was like, John Cena sitting in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's there guys. You just don't see him. <laughs> wow. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I was, as I was cracking up at that point. I was like, Jacob's sitting there. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> you can't see him. Because you can't see John Cena, guys. Oh, shoot. I knew I had to make that joke at some point in this yeah. <laughs> in yeah. this episode. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, I do want to throw out our audience question for this week. And it's going to be, what is your favorite movie from the Fast and Furious franchise. So that can be anything from 1 through 9. Or even uh, Hobbs and Shaw. So let us know uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Or any of our social medias. But Ken did you have a favorite one by the way. That you want to throw out. Well I want to say that the I think the best one is Fast 5. But my favorite is weirdly too fast too furious i don't know why but it is <laughs> all right i mean uh, i won't judge for sure because i like there's some weird movies i like but yeah i would definitely say the best one and my favorite one is fast five yeah but yeah guys let us know uh on our twitters instagrams it's at weekly real or you can email us on a certain email, right, Ken? Is it weeklyreal9 at fastpod.com? 
It is, but only if you want bounce backs. <laughs> but if you don't want bounce backs, it's weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. Shoot, I was almost about to say weekly too fast to podness. Anyway, yeah, you can uh, email us there. Uh, let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break, and we're going to jump into the weekly real awards. And the first one's going to be, does anyone want to get out award for best action sequence? So was anything uh, good enough or that wasn't mind numbing <laughs> uh, <laughs> enough to uh, that you wanted to mention, Ken? All right, well, I mean, we kind of mentioned how I think the best action sequence of all of them is from Fast 6 when literally Dom jumps off of a high-speed car and Letty gets thrown off and he <laughs> literally catches her midair and perfectly lands on the windshield of a car. Well, they had a different variation of it where I guess Letty gets thrown off and then um, I guess Dom like perfectly just like drives underneath and, and she lands perfectly and and then that perfectly segues into the reveal that oh Jacob who's this mysterious guy and then they're like oh is that Jacob and then like literally later on uh, in that action sequence they basically bookends it with um, you know with the you know that bridge already being out they're driving towards the cliff and they think that the bridge is still there. Then all of a sudden, somehow they, you know, Dom is just that <laughs> gifted where he could just literally drive over this big ass, strong ass cable. Literally, it hooks onto the bottom of the car. They drive off a cliff and they do a Mission Impossible 3-esque fulcrum move and they swing off to the side of a mountain or whatever, and then they, like, I don't know, they just... Smash into it. Smash into it. <laughs> like, literally, there's this big explosion, and it, and it flips over a few times, and then uh, Dom and Letty are just in there without a scratch, no concussion or anything, <laughs> nothing, no blood or anything. And they're like, whoa, or I forgot what the dialogue was, but I was just cracking up so hard <laughs> that it was just that good. Yeah, that was... That was that was something else. <laughs> um, definitely, like definitely, Fast and Furious Six vibes right there. Especially like when in Fast Six, when um, Letty was like, "How'd you how'd you know that car was there to break our fall?" <laughs> just the way that she says it. I didn't. <laughs> it's like, bro. Just like I said, mattresses, man. These cars are mattresses now. It does, uh, seriously. But that's the reason why I watch these movies. Just crazy ass shit like this. So this yeah. was definitely one of my favorites. All right. For me, it was actually in London when John Cena and Jacob is basically ziplining throughout the whole city. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but just the absurdity of how it ends also got me like, mind numbed and like confused at the same time and i thought the fight was pretty good not as good as the like uh hobbs versus shaw or uh hobbs versus dom or anything like that it yeah. was it was yeah. okay but it just felt like there were two bricks smashing against each other not feeling anything that's what was kind of underwhelming about it but uh that was pretty crazy and just the way that they used the magnets was really weird. And how did they even like aim the magnet to catch Jacob's car 
and then perfectly catch it in their truck without it like smashing through the the whole truck <laughs> or i don't know it just did not make any sense but i thought that was a pretty uh interesting action sequence yeah it was yeah the magnet use of magnets was we'll just say inconsistent to say the least and put to put it nicely yeah yeah uh, the next award I want to give out was the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. So, uh, did you have any favorite characters in this movie, I guess? I mean, because it's a huge cast, so it's you can pick from anyone. Yeah, definitely a lot to choose from. And I, you know what, going in, I really did want it to be Roman Pierce because um, he is, <laughs> again, like, <laughs> he brings me back uh, to Too Fast, Too Furious. But, I don't know, I feel like he's just, with each passing movie, he's just becoming more and more of a goober. So to answer your question and give out my I Am Groot Award winner, I got to give it to Han um, just because, you know, obviously they brought him back from, quote unquote, the dead. Uh, but even then, I feel like he was very underutilized yeah, in this movie. Dang. But I feel like in the scenes that he did show up in, I felt like he was really good. Um, and like, even, you know, obviously when they revealed them as, uh, and they were like sniping them and they showed it in the, in the trailer or whatever, but you know, they brought him into the save the day there. There was that one pretty cool part at the end when, uh, he was fighting, uh, in one of those armored, uh, trucks or whatever. And he used like the, the magnet to pull the pin from like that dude's shoot or whatever, or, and, and the grenade, I guess. And he was like. And the guy was like, oh, you doomed us all. I was like, no, not really. And it hits that button. And then, like, it basically blew open the door. And he just ended up flying out because he had a parachute at the end. And then he ended up blowing uh, that henchman blew up or whatever. I just thought he had some really good moments. And uh, I just felt like we should have seen more of Han, especially if you are going to bring him back from the dead in a particular movie. And so I felt like they should have saved him for like the main plot and left off a lot of this fluff, or if you're going to have a lot of this fluff, leave him out of, out of this shitty sequel and just bring him on to the next one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. They should definitely uh, use them more. And especially if he had such a pivotal role in bringing the key uh, to, uh, to, to the movie. But uh, for me, cause I would actually say John Cena's Jacob. Actually, it was like he would definitely underutilize as well. I wanted to see more of the aspect of you know uh, the the street guy Dom versus the the street guy turned uh, spy. spy. Yeah, that world. This is the way that they were teasing that in the trailer. Got me a little bit excited, but then we didn't get to see any of that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. in the in the movie. So I thought that was uh, underutilized, but. I think just for the fact of that heel turn, that blatantly obvious gonna, it's going to happen heel turn, that we knew it was going to happen. But, it, you know, that that kid inside of me is like, oh, it's so WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, I just liked it. And then uh, just by the end, it's like, oh, it's, everything's all good here. Here's my car, Jacob. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I know. Dang. Everything just wrapped up neatly, I guess, and everything. Uh, but I did quickly have a honorable mention. I did want to quickly mention... Ramsey, because I loved her as Miss Sunday in Game of Thrones. Man, she's just cute, and that accent always gets me. The, just the way she talks, I'm like, oh, okay. And you then she finally like, drove a car. Yeah, she <laughs> drove a car, and she did pretty well. 
And she caught John Cena. <laughs> yeah, she did <laughs> with the magnets. Yep. Oh man, so good. All right, next award is the Why Is Gamora Award for favorite quote. So obviously, there's some ridiculous lines, some ridiculous dialogue and stuff. But did you have one that you want to really highlight in this movie? Oh, of course. And again, I think I <laughs> mentioned it a couple times already. I'm an unabashed fan of Too Fast, Too Furious. And it's sort of like a guilty pleasure movie, but I'm kind of proud of it in a weird way. And uh, one of my favorite quotes from Too Fast, Too Furious is every time that Roman would say, we hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I knew so, it. <laughs> and so right before everyone sees that Han is alive, you know, they brought him in, or was it Letty and um, Mia bring him in. Right before that scene, we get that scene with Tej and, and Ramsey uh, playing a practical joke with the magnets on on Roman as he's eating. And then they obviously turn it on and it kind of messes him up and he, like takes away his spoon or whatever he was using. And then Roman says, what are you doing, bro? I'm hungry. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you heard, you probably heard me. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah I heard that. See, that's when it was perfectly timed, but then he did it again later. I forgot when exactly what was the situation. I think uh, when they were having the dinner at the end, I think. Yeah. I think. But uh, I thought that was a perfectly timed joke. Yeah. So that, I think that might have been the only perfectly timed joke, possibly. <laughs> yeah. um, but for me, it's actually uh, Roman also. When he goes super meta, where, where he was like, y'all ever thought about the wild <laughs> missions we've been on? We've taken out planes, trains. Uh, and, and all that. I'm not even gonna think about the submarine. Now we got flying cars. It's like, dude, he's going full meta. And when he was talking about like lifting up his jacket, it's like, see, there's bullet holes, but you know, I didn't even get hit and all that stuff. I'm like, dang, dude, this guy is literally, I don't know, the writer's room <laughs> of this movie, speaking out loud, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And that's why I love Roman. Roman Pierce is the best. I might even watch Too Fast, Too Furious after we get done recording this episode. And it's on HBO Max, right? Not sponsored? Not sponsored, but yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. So uh, as much as we keep bashing on this movie, did you have a favorite scene of this movie? I did. And, and you know, real quick, um, I'm glad they did have a quick cameo by Helen Mirren, you know, plays Queenie, uh, basically the mom of uh, Deckard Shaw. And uh, I forget, uh, uh, forget the other siblings, right? <laughs> From Fast yeah. Six and, and uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. I forgot. Just, they always called him Shaw also, right? Yeah. Yeah. What? I forgot his name. Yeah. I, I love that scene just because it just you know you we get a quick cameo of uh just being in london and uh you know she's still on the run because remember she was in jail in hobbs and shaw and then at the end you know she kind of breaks out and so you get the police kind of chasing uh her or whatever and she's she runs into dom he's like hey do you want to drive or and then obviously he declines and so you basically get helen mirren as a wheelman and it was pretty cool, just like the, uh, it was a cool way to do exposition, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we were, I, you know, I was bashing the exposition and the, the obvious ways they were doing it then. But I felt like this was like the way you, you should be doing it in a fast movie, 
where you know you're taking advantage of these cool cars and you know it it looks sexy af with a cool setting that's why i feel like this was my favorite scene Ooh, all right yeah that was a good one definitely uh very Mission Impossible-esque, I feel like. The way they, they did that, they escaped the cops, and then basically she drives her to Jacob. Yep. I thought that was very very Mission Impossible-esque, and that's never a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, but for me, you know, speaking of that little cameo by Helen Mirren, remember when uh, Gal, Gal Gadot pretty much showed up in a flashback yeah. for Han? I thought that oh. was such a great scene. That was a good flashback, though. Yeah. I, it was kind of like, oh, shoot, like... Uh, because they were, you felt that relationship from the previous movies, but it's like, you don't really get that kind of relationships now I know. In, in these newer movies. I know. And that's, and that's why I really did like Han, cause it basically gave, gave us a, a reason to, to bring back Gal Gadot. Yeah. <laughs> and Giselle. unfortunately it seems like she's not coming back, but who knows, man, never say never in the Fast and Furious. Very so true. she might she might come back in the next movie, but with amnesia <laughs> or something like that. I, th- I feel like th- that sounds very familiar. Oh yeah, wait it's a minute. It's almost like they <laughs> did that before. <laughs> or it's a clone or something. <laughs> or something uh, like that. I don't know what they're going to do. But for me, my favorite scene uh, would be your, your actually favorite action sequence when they're in the jungle and they crash into that mountain, man. <laughs> Cause just, just, just for that the the whole uh, fast six feeling of it, I was like, that's just that's too much, man. But at the same time, I was laughing my butt off the whole time. <laughs> yeah, dude, I felt like they they should have died a fiery death, and they walked away with a whoa. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because just uh, even Letty was like, Dom, what are you doing? And then he just, he doesn't say anything. He's all calm and collected. Like he actually knows what's going to happen, which I have no idea why he's acting like that. He should be in total panic mode. Like, oh, I have to try this at least or something like that. And uh, because that definitely would not have worked. And that fulcrum move, once um, once that string or that rope became taut, they're that their car is just gonna pull apart and they're landing in the freaking ocean man i know seriously with the the force i was like dude uh that car isn't that strong <laughs> <laughs> yeah and all the the g's that they were feeling dude maybe like freak man they would pass out or something uh, man they would they would have been dead <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all that force you couldn't see it in their face like they were feeling something and then they crashed into the mountain then they're like Ah, oh, you did it, Dom. <laughs> so bad. But yeah. It was so good. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our favorite section of the episode. It's going to be the Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And right now, I am up 13 to 10. Right, Ken? Is that the correct yeah, score? That is the correct score. And there's only five more weeks well including today so five more available points so i need to get some points in a hurry yeah unfortunately like for i guess unfortunately for ken the past how many episodes we've always tied (laughs) so and or somehow i keep getting points because we're tying too so ken i'm gonna let you guess first and then uh i'll give my guess yeah did you give the uh score yeah, thirteen ten. 
13 10. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Well, anyway, uh, my guess for F9, the Fast Saga, I'm giving it a 43%. Mm, dang. Okay, mine's going to be lower. It's going to be 33%. Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it better not be 37. <laughs> oh, geez. Or no, 38. Sorry, 38 would be right in the middle. 38. All right, here we go. I'm looking it up. Oh, Ken, you have won this episode. I'm very, oh my God. This has a 59% no on way. Rotten Tomatoes. It's almost fresh, man, at 60. It's almost at 60, but 59%. Holy, do people know what kind of movies they're watching right now? Are you serious? I'm kind of disappointed in society right now. <laughs> oh, man. You, you know what it is, though, I think? Um, I think the people that are giving it, I guess, a little bit higher ratings, I think they it's more of a nostalgic uh, thing. I feel like, you know, there's obviously nine previous movies with the first eight and Hobbs and Shaw. And I feel like there's a, you know, it, it's like one of those where it's like you kind of grow up with these people, even though... Some of these uh, actors are starting to get a little bit up there in age. Um, but I feel like there's that aspect to it. And I think we both, I, I feel like we're, you know, we're, I think we're talking about the movie just in a bubble within just this movie. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't know. That's just my guess. That's my theory anyway, as to how th- anyone could be that crazy to grade it that high. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, the the audience score is actually eighty four percent, so that's pretty high as well for what. Wow. <laughs> so that's pretty crazy, man. So, but you get this week's point. So, uh, it's going into next week. It's thirteen eleven. I'm still up by two, and there's four available points left in season two. Ooh. The chase for the belt, the real belt that I still haven't ordered yet. I still need to get on that. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Hopefully, John Cena will personally uh, deliver it to your home. Yeah, J- Jacob Toretto or your home. Oh, yeah. It, depending on who wins season two. Hey. All right. So next, we want to give out our final award, the I Love You 3000 Award. And we're going to rate F9, the Fast Saga from one to three thousand so ken go ahead and do the honors okay so i'm gonna preface my score by i was kind of you know i was like okay what was the worst movie that we've seen this uh season okay it's mortal Kombat. i can't believe how high my score was i want to redo that one later on (laughs) (laughs) what was your score do you remember it was like 50 something i think mine was around the same too but my goodness uh i don't know i i don't know if it's because this movie made me, I guess, triggered like our buddy Cameron. This is definitely going to be the lowest of the season. Maybe because there was a little bit more of an expectation for it to be more entertaining. And so out of 3000, I'm giving it a 1167 for a, uh, I love you 3000 award score of 38.9%. 1167. Yeah. I did not like this movie at all. I'm going to, top you by going lower (laughs) Um, by going 900 out of 3000 so that's 30 (laughs) percent 
Yeah. Uh, literally, uh, but actually thinking about it, yeah, um, Mortal Kombat was the worst movie that we've ever rated so far, uh, besides this movie now. And I actually would say I would probably watch Mortal Kombat again over this movie. Yeah, well, at, at the very least, it's shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit less waste of time. <laughs> yeah, that is... Uh... Oh, go ahead. If anything, I would just watch it for John Cena. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> for me, Masande. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But yeah, no, it was pretty bad. And so, yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed just because I, I have liked a lot of the, a good amount, actually, about maybe half of them. I thought yeah, we're good. Because, yeah. I mean, the most, even the most recent one, Hobbs and Shaw, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah, definitely. They have their moments. They have their charm about them. Uh, and a lot of them are rewatchable, uh, but these recent ones have not, in the actual Fast franchise, excluding Hobbs and Shaw, of course, have been really big misses, I feel like, since the seventh one. So I'm hopefully they can regain their footing in the last one, and uh, hopefully that's the last one. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. And just end it on a good note. Uh, but next week... Episode 37, Ken. Uh, what are we going to be watching? Well, next week, a group of criminals mysteriously have to work together on a job. What can go wrong in the latest film by Steven Soderbergh called No Sudden Move. And so in addition to Steven Soder, uh, Soderbergh directing, this movie boasts a bit of an all-star cast, including Matt Damon, Brendan Fraser, John Hamm. Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, you got Ray Liotta, David Harbour, a.k.a. Um, oh, my goodness, I'm blanking. Red Guardian? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hopper. Hopper. Thank you. Hopper from Stranger Things. I was like, I knew who I knew it was him. But, I mean, yeah, we're going to see David Harbour um, Next week, we might even be doing a double feature two weeks in a row of David, David Harper, Harper, I should say. And, and there's still a few other name actors that uh, that's too long to, to name. And so, you know what, Jeremy, this movie is actually being released both in theaters and HBO Max on July 1st. And so uh, got any quick thoughts before we watch No Sudden Move based off of, I don't know, anything that you've seen? Dude, I just love the cast of this movie, and Steven Soderbergh's movies are always, like, uh, the dialogue is always really good, and just the watching the trailer, it's a, it seems like a heist criminal movie, and I feel like I really get into those movies, like, like The Town or Baby Driver, uh, just stuff like that, and hopefully, I know that uh, my cousin Andrew loves movies that involve crimes and heists and all that. He, I think he did a uh, Michael Mann marathon recently. And oh, wow. so hopefully uh, he, he can check this one out also and maybe even uh, listen to our episode next week. But no sudden move. I'm looking forward to this movie a lot. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, the cast obviously um, caught my eye uh, and it, it just so happens that i remember coming across uh the trailer on instagram out of all places because i don't know usually with trailers it's usually youtube or i don't know something like that but um yeah i was like oh 
you got to do no sudden move. Look at this cast. And uh, and it makes it easier that uh, it's available on HBO Max. So uh, we still haven't figured out if we're going to be watching it on theaters uh, or or in theaters, I should say, or just stream it on HBO Max. We'll we'll figure that out. Uh, but um, we're taping this on June 30th. It's actually streaming starting tomorrow. Yeah. So I probably would say we're probably going to skip the theater experience this week just because of what happened. <laughs> I Last don't want to get uh, thrown up on. <laughs> yeah, with the waterfalls. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Might have to save that for Black Widow, but uh, just for convenience sake and just to relax for a week <laughs> from the from the freaking movie experience. But who knows? No sudden move seems like a very mature movie, but hopefully no one brings their babies to that kind of movie. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at JP underscore flicks. And how about you, Ken, on the socials? On the socials, mainly on Twitter as well, but also on Instagram. I'm pretty active on both, mainly on Instagram. Uh, it's at FreeKenAE. All right. So I look forward to next week's episode on No Sudden Move. I'm looking forward to that cast. It looks like a really promising movie. Hopefully, it lives up to it because 2021, it's a bit of hit or miss uh, in terms of movies so far this year. And hopefully, this one hits. Uh, I can guarantee it's probably going to be better than. Uh, I can, yeah, I can guarantee it's going to be better than F9. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I won't even say probably. It's going to be better for sure. Even um, if it's mediocre, it'll be better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be, I don't know, yeah, it could be anything, and it will probably be better. Uh, but until then, guys, go watch it, HBO Max, or go watch it in theaters, and we'll be talking about it uh, next Monday. Uh, until then, have a great week, and we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>